Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 34. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today, Charlie Liu is our guest. Charlie is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He is the co-founder of Digitsu, a multi-platform video instructional company that serves the jiu-jitsu community. Charlie shared about his struggles with time management, perfectionism, and the importance of continuous learning, which inspired the title of the podcast, Sometimes You're the Hammer, Sometimes You're the Nail, which was an advice that he received from a well-known instructor. And during my final thoughts after the interview, I expand on the concept. Sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. Stay tuned right after Live Jiu-Jitsu's message. Was The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Live Jiu-Jitsu. Live Jiu-Jitsu supports social projects in Brazil and the United States who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to buy new mats, uniforms, tournament registrations, and the monthly expenses of these projects. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coaches donate all the profit of t-shirts and patches sales to Live Jiu-Jitsu. For more information, please visit www.liveju-jitsu.org is www.liveju-jitsu.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Charlie Liu. Charlie is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He has been training for 18 years and received his black belt from Matt and Nick Serra. Charlie is the co-founder of Digitsu, a multi-platform video instructional company that serves the jiu-jitsu community. Digitsu was started 12 years ago as a simple WordPress blog and has grown into one of the top jiu-jitsu instructional companies in the world with over $500,000 in sales in 2017. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Gustavo. I'm very, very happy to be here. Yeah, congratulations first for the amazing work with Digitsu SC popping up, high-level guys filming all over the place. So see that you've been in the road for a long time. So congratulations for all the exposure yeah. of Jiu-Jitsu. Thank you, thank you. For the service that you provide into the Jiu-Jitsu community. So let us know how Jiu-Jitsu got into your life. Um, Jiu-Jitsu as an art came into, life, into my life when I was actually in high school. Um, it was, I think it was a UFC, I think it was UFC one or two, I forgot. And it's all Hoist Gracie just go in there and just kill everyone. You know, I think I think that was the beginning for a lot of people's jujitsu careers. Yeah, that's, especially that's the, the common thread here of how people got introduced to jujitsu. Yeah, exactly. Just just this skinny guy, 175, 175, 180 pounds, just just running through people and like making people look foolish. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So that yeah, that's pretty much how I how I got started. Actually, when I first I first started with um with Japanese jujitsu and judo because that was the only thing that's available where I where I lived. So you know that that was kind of like a high school college time time frame, and that's where a lot of my um, throwing techniques come from. But then 
when after I graduated college, I actually took a road trip to uh, California and I actually met Hoyce, Hideon, um, Horian, and, um, and Kaiki. And um, from there, I started training with, I, I just met them, just did, uh, did a couple of classes. And afterwards, I came back home and I found Henzo. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much. And with your experience now, and how long have you been trained in jiu-jitsu? 18 years? Is 18 that, years, yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu for 18 years, yeah. So how do you feel BJJ relate to life? It definitely teaches you about adversity and always looking to improve yourself through adversity. Um, if, like, it's, it's, really about, it's really about trying to be better every day through failure. If you fail, you get tapped out. You just you don't you don't just roll over and say I quit. You know you keep on going, keep on going. That one extra effort that you make into doing something will allow you to to grow as a person. So yeah, that's that's the biggest lesson that I've learned in jujitsu, and I, that's you can apply that to life too. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And when do you have the spark to pursue jujitsu? When was the first time that you that came up well dejitsu when dejitsu came up actually dejitsu started as a blog site a wordpress site um wasn't it wasn't called dejitsu at that time it was called submission control it was just three of us me uh and two of my partners sean and dan um we just you we would write articles we would write blog articles uh look up look up um look up old matches on YouTube and just repost it on the website. And from time to time, we would travel to different um, academies and just interview the instructor, you know, ask them to show or move. Um, and that, that, that was more of a, more of a, a passion project because, because we loved doing all that stuff. Um, but then monetization came, became a problem <laughs> because all the time, because essentially, you know, the, between the three of us, I know I put in, I put in 20 hours a week just updating the blog, searching for, for old matches, you know, like, like when, when I found, um, when I, when I found the first uh, finals match at, of the Mundials, um, that was uh, Ricardo Liberio against, um, I, f- I forget who it was. Uh, Renko? Yes, Renko yes, Renko Pardue. Yes, exactly. And I was like, I was like wow, this is, this is awesome. You know, this is, and, this, and so, we, so we put it on, on, on submission control. And it took up a lot of our time, including the traveling expenses. So how, can we, how can we monetize what, we're good at you know and also what we love to do so then we we, we came up with jiu-jitsu because of the fact that you know submission control was more again a more of a blog site so jiu-jitsu we we, we envisioned jiu-jitsu as like the next digital revolution of uh, of jiu-jitsu of of learning not not just of jiu-jitsu of learning um this was actually the the, the funny thing is jiu-jitsu came out probably around maybe i'm not 100 percent sure it, it it was maybe at the same exact time as mg in action the concept of the concept of streaming videos um uh, to, to provide some sort of educational purpose of for jujitsu came out around, I think around the same exact time as engineering action. Of course, Marcella had, had a lot more funds than we did. We were just three, three guys who really 
was like bootstrapping everything. One, Sean was uh, is, is a computer programmer, so he was able to design the original website. I was the marketer. Um, I have a professional background in marketing, so I, I was able to do a lot of the business end of things. And then Dan, um, he, he was more production. He, he, he did the video editing, he did the filming uh, and everything else. And then we, of course, we had some friends here and there help us with like DVD designs and artwork and things like that. But that, again, that was just the beginning. It was like really, really bootstrapped. We started, we probably, collectively, the three of us, we, we may probably put in $5,000 in the company to start. How was the mindset back then when you were going through this transition you mentioned when to school? Did you get your master's? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got my uh, master's um, in, um, in marketing and business, yeah. Yeah, so how was this transition of you know, working with marketing, having the idea for the jitsu, and how was the mindset? Because it's, you know how it is, often fears, doubts can come up. Are we doing the right thing? What is it? So how, how was the, mat- the mindset and how did you deal with it? I think the mindset was, was it started as a passion project, definitely, for sure. That was like, I think that that's what really drove us to do it. You know, just continuously drove us to do it. The mindset was, okay, we're going to work really hard now. And we can in the, eventually in the future, we start making a little money. And then, you know, we would start paying ourselves more of a, more of a passive income type, type, of, um, type of mentality. Um, yes, especially given like it's everything on the on, online, it, it can theoretically be passive income, and that was that was the the long term goal of Digitsu. It's like yeah, put up some instructionals, make it a passive income thing, you know. And you know, as 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 we as we grow, we get more and more and more. That 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 was pretty much it. Um, yeah, it, it was definitely in the in the beginning. It was. It was a challenge to get everything together, but it was it was a good challenge. It's a learning process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the experience to go through some of. Actually, I did have my own jujitsu series. That was, I think I recorded maybe in two thousand two. That was back with Panther. I think it was bought by Century, if okay. I'm correct. The Panther videos they mm-hmm. used to have like in the. Malaysia had had one had a DVD off of. Yes, yeah, I had. I was one of the first jujitsu ones, and and that was the early two thousand. And yeah. that was just interesting because back then, I started to research. You know, it is early two thousand. Internet wasn't really, you know, around. And I just saw in a mag the grappling magazine, the old magazine for the mm-hmm. OG uh, jujitsu <laughs> people out there. You know, the grappling magazine. There's one of the few sources that we had for jujitsu, and I saw a company selling a jujitsu DVD and I'm like, Hey, maybe I can contact Andrew. I contact three companies back then, uh, and offering my service. You know, I was new in us. I was here for less than maybe three years and I sent three messages Two didn't reply. One did, which was Panther videos with century. And they flew me to Oklahoma. I think if I'm correct. Yeah. That's where the headquarters are. Man, I I recorded seven DVDs in two and a half days. Yeah, wow. Like bang, bang. You know, I was exhausted. Wow. That's one of the things that people don't realize. They're watching the final product. Now you guys have an amazing product. But what you guys go through editing, plus the teacher actually organizing all the thoughts and delivering it in a way that can actually impact the people who are watching. And especially being... 
I think it was 2002 maybe that I did. Um, not too many reference. Oh, you do this, you do that. It's just, I'm just teaching a class here. And I think I did the best I could with what I knew for 2002. But this is a good tip in a way that uh, I'm not telling this for the listeners that I'm trying to brag that I have my instructional videos. It's just to convey that, man, sometimes a new opportunity is just an email away that people yeah. maybe think like, oh, but I'm, I haven't accomplished that much. Oh, no, this is not going to even work. I just said like, hey, I sent it the worst you can say, not reply. Two didn't and one didn't end up working out. And that was good to financially wasn't that great. But I think it was good for credibility, putting my name on a, on a map, on a grappling magazine. They start putting ads, so have the ad of my videos there. So it was a good thing, you know, and people don't realize how really hard that is, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely, it's like if, if you don't take those chances, those risks, you know, in life, or even though sending an email isn't a big risk, but, you know, even to take those chances in life, sometimes you just, it's just, you just, you just don't know what's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, for sure. Just re regarding like, you know, just taking chances and just putting yourself out there. That's it's pretty much how we, how we got started with, um, with, uh, yeah, with the jitsu. Um, we, we interviewed, uh, for submission control, we interviewed Abmar Barbosa and then, you know, that, that, that started everything with Abmar. But then, but then I, the, the way that we contact people a lot of times is just through email, you know, um, like Lucas Lepre, we, we ended up getting just through, Hey, you know, Lucas, how's, how's, how's it going? Email, Facebook, anywhere, any type of ways to connect to people. So funny. Yeah. Weren't you? You were on um, Hubs and Wars uh, DVD as well, right? Yes, yeah. with uh, World Martial Arts. Yeah, World Martial Arts. Yep. Yeah, it was a amazing experience. It was in I can't remember the year now. Maybe two thousand seven or eight. Um, yeah. I don't record, but uh, it was great for Hobbs and I because we work very well. Besides, we being really close friends, he is extremely creative, and right. And I'm more like the, the type of just organize the, you know, the structure of the video and all that kind of stuff. So it was a great combination that I was helping him to organize basically all the stuff that uh, he creates and things that he has done and still do it in jujitsu. And I'm really good. It's kind of like the pink in the brain. <laughs> like I just help, I just help to organize. I'm not as creative as, as him, but I'm really really good at being just analytical about a lot of stuff and it worked out well we went to I, he was back then he was living in delaware mm -hmm. so was i went to spend, yeah so i went to spend a few days with him so probably we took about five days to come up with the six uh, dvds and organizing all the thoughts everything was ready to go so by the time we got there to record we did six videos in five days so it wasn't too bad one video a day for the most part. And it was a great experience. And I learned a lot. He learned a lot. Um, and then for the second on the same thing. So that was a, man, a great experience for both of us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now during the, during your journey with digits, what has been the biggest struggle and what did you learn from it? Um, you know, it's, I, I find that struggle 
is about time management. The biggest struggle was definitely time management. All three of us have have our 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 full time jobs, you know, and families to attend to training. It was definitely time management. Sometimes I would be up until four o'clock in the morning, finishing up contracts, finish up advertising campaigns. Dan would t- would be up until four o'clock in the morning, um, editing editing videos, and you know, it was definitely time management trying to trying to get everything together to just so that we we don't delay a release for a very very long time and and things like that because you know when people when people come film with us we, they have an expectation of you know okay wow they, they're excited it's like yeah all right just finish the dvd when's it gonna come out it's like well i to, to tell to tell someone's like yeah i don't know it, it's, it's a little a, a, a very big letdown from from that excitement so so we try to in the beginning time management was definitely was definitely a, a, a big struggle and how did you guys improve on that? Just kind of basically making the mistakes and trial yeah. and error or also maybe books, maybe things that, you know, that helped you. What opened your mind to control better your, your time? Um, with, with the production process, um, but the production process was definitely just repetitive. It's re- production is a re- repetitive work, essentially. You know, it's like once you know how to edit, you can do it pretty much with your eyes closed <laughs> not really but you know what i mean but um the the marketing the business aspect of it is it has become in order to get better with time management on that aspect it was it's going to be a lot about planning uh planning ahead of time creating templates so that you can follow what has been successful what hasn't been successful what has been successful can we test something new you know get everything everything planned out so that it's easier to understand how to how to go how to how to move through the process. So yeah, it's definitely a, regarding planning is, is essential for time management. Yeah. And you mentioned about the planning that we definitely have to take consideration is the planning from the teachers as well. The instructors, they come in and already with, they know what I have in mind already lined up. will make the job a lot smoother being involved in a lot of Filming and stuff, and I heard how some people come in. I'm ready to go, oh, and yeah. then some people just come like, "Hey, I'm here." Roll the cameras, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, definitely the, the the ones who really plan out the process of what they want to teach uh, and the structure of the DVD is it makes our lives so so much easier. I bet. Yeah, because the the ones who are kind of like, oh, let's let's I want to do this move and then, you know, and then all of a sudden it it's the move doesn't mess and then the next move is a little different move and then we have to go back and restructure so that it makes sense from a viewer standpoint, you know? It's like what what happens like, okay, so you you you're passing you you're teaching how to pass half guard, you know, and then all of a sudden why am I in full guard right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, And how often let's say would you stop your filming and maybe you say can we do this again or you know how often you do that of course going to depend on the teacher because one of the things that i learned through this process and paul Vili is the person actually uh worked with in world martial arts and he's very knowledgeable i picked up a lot of you know really good details with him as far as camera work and stuff like that and he's saying like if i'm watching this here you guys are shooting the video and maybe there's one hand that is getting a grip, suddenly I go go somewhere else and there's nothing being said. I'm home wondering, is this important? You know, should it be addressed? You know, 
and at the same time deal with some structure's ego to be like, are you telling me what to do my job? I was like, no, it's not that. I'm just watching as like I'm watching at home and I'm wondering, is this important or not? And so knowing how to use the camera, knowing how to turn the, uh, the partner. So all of that helps the project to be smooth as well. You know, there's a, there's a, I think there's a lot of things involved that could be language barrier to there's organization. There's so many things that having, what did you say? I don't know if you'd like to mention, but what is a one video that it produced was a full package came like the whole process was very smooth and fast. Like, wow, it came in, we shot, he was ready. Everything, boom, 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 boom. Everything just flow. Well, what maybe would be one that stood out for you? Um, the the one that really stood out to me, for, for me, the, the, the couple are actually the two instructors that really uh, stand out in in the organizational process of things is Paul Schreiner from Marcelo's and uh, and and Dan Colville. Those are the two instructors that really came in and knew exactly what they wanted to talk about and structured everything exactly the way they talked about and all the little small details that they, that they that they are um, that they wanted to show was was picked up you know um, given that Paul had uh, had experience filming with um, with MG in action he knew how to adjust people in order to see the you see the details and things like that but um, but going on just dovetailing off of that uh, what you were saying about production process so we, uh, this is like kind of opening up the open up the our, our box of a secret if you will so um, we most most um, production houses uh, us budo um, world martial arts um, bj fanatics I'm, 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 I'm sorry it's budo videos um, bj fanatics world martial arts those three usually yeah it's it I'm sorry. More, more so, BJJ fanatics and um, and World Martial Arts. They usually use a, a one camera process. So they, and and also, you know, MG in action and all those guys all only use one one camera process. So it really requires instructor to to move the, your 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 uke in order to see foresee it. We actually use three cameras. So we have one camera that's straight on, another camera at a 45 degree angle on the left side of the instructor. Sometimes it goes to the right side. And then a third camera, a third camera that is overhead high above so that you can see a lot of the, a lot of the guard work. That's usually the hardest part to capture is inversions and guard. Um, so we use three cameras and we bring them all together so that it's, so that the viewer can see everything. Nice. You know, so that, so that we don't have to, the instructor doesn't have to compensate for, for camera angles. So they don't have to worry about that so much. Of course, sometimes we would have to ask them to, to reposition themselves or start the position, start, start the lesson at a certain angle so that we can capture everything. But, you know, we make sure that you, that, that's in the short doesn't have to think about that so much. Um, regarding hand movement that you were talking about or, or hand grips, the way that we do that is on the first take, we allow the instructor to do whatever they want to do. They say, okay, the first take, the first lesson of, of the, the first part of the lesson, we allow them to teach exactly how they wanted to teach. And then we stop it in the middle. And then, and then I ask them, 
if I if I see certain things, I will ask the question. It's like, oh, instead of instead of going, why, why put your hand there? You know, things like that. It's like, oh, is it important to have X, Y, and Z in a certain grip? You know, and then the, and then that allows them to spark. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot this particular detail. This is why I'm using this grip. So then, on the second teaching of the lesson, they can then go back to it. But the way the reason why I'm holding this is because it restricts mobility things like that so that allows that allows the viewer to really hone in on certain details so so that nothing gets really really gets missed and then finally we we ask the instructors to just you know really get, like um drill the move like three or four times at different angles so that there's a replay aspect of it so that so that so that if if a viewer doesn't have time to watch a whole entire lesson, they can just skip towards the end. The replay's right there. <laughs> That's how I usually watch it. <laughs> well, the only thing is, which is great for the quality of the viewer, but the process will take longer. You know, since it's three cameras, you know, mm -hmm. so now we got to deal with editing. Okay, what what's gonna fit the best? Exactly. Exactly. Which picture is which 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 picture has the best angles? Exactly. The more cameras, the more time involved but yeah got it so now what kind of topic would you like to share with the listeners I always ask for the for the guests to share something that you're you're passionate about it things that have helped you during your journey not only jiu-jitsu but everything you know in entrepreneurship so what concept would you like to share with them continuous learning that's mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day if you don't learn you are you know, it's like it's like if you don't learn, in your mind you perceive that you learn, you know everything, and you don't know everything, and um, and 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 being able to learn allows you to to pick up different aspects of things, and examine, re-examine everything that you do, and to make yourself the process better, your even the process or yourself better. It's like it's like I'm always learning about something, whether it's marketing whether it's production whether it's you know time management whether it's you know, whether it's how how to build a chair you know using mm -hmm. using wood you know it's it, it's always learning it's always enrichment so learning learning is a never-ending process yeah especially i mean when you look and let's say professionally if you're going to work with something that's part of your living you need to be doing is is the same of maybe someone graduated, became a doctor 20 years ago and say, oh, that's it. I graduated, got my diploma and I'm good. I'm good for life, you know? So I feel that the same thing with jujitsu. I personally, I, I retired from teaching and uh, in, in my academy. Uh, I have a full team that it does an amazing job and I just kind of quarterback everything and sometimes when I feel like I jump in and, and I'll help out but it's not um, my really thing but when I was teaching very very active man I watch a lot of videos and that's one of the things that uh, especially I've been in US for 20 years away from from my coach so it's not like I'm having classes there's no one to teach me classes and I'm since I was the main source of knowledge for the students and I want them to compete in high level I invested in a lot of uh, instructionals and a lot of just 
a lot of time watching YouTube matches breaking down. So that's one of the things that I think people understand, I think underestimate the importance of studying jujitsu if they want to really improve in both competition and instructional. And of course, I've been doing this for now for 30 years. And of course, I'm going to watch maybe a, a DVD or on demand or we're not someone instructing that, you know, I'm familiar with a lot of things and I just watch it, but I didn't really, something really popped out to me. But again, I've been doing this for a long time, but sometimes I can watch in the whole thing. And there's one little detail like, dude, that changed everything. That's awesome. You know? So if I get one little thing, my investment's ready made, you know, for maybe for some people, the lower belts, they might be able to grab more. But even if you're listening to this and you're, maybe a, a blue belt or any watching. Yeah, man, one thing for, I just, I like to think, you know, maybe invest, I don't know, $30 or $40 in a knowledge and you have one great takeaway that actually made a big impact. I'll take that. You know what I mean? I'll take that, yeah. you know, any day is the same with a book. You know, you read a book and there's one page that really connect to you that you start to implement. I guarantee you that People who are listening right now, if you have a book that, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about, you read one page and said like, wow, that might 20 bucks or whatever, just, you know, I just, just made my 20 bucks just with this, you know, so super important to keep learning. Now, I don't personally, I don't study jujitsu as often because I do have other people who study at the academy and I now I have the chance to learn with them, you know, uh, I help out with the beginners here and there, but I like to study other things. And so I can can learn with them. And that's the crazy thing with jiu-jitsu. You can learn from, man, literally, like everyone. Um, blue belts can be showing you stuff. They're like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. And it's just uh, people just putting their time and really researching. It's amazing how you see the lower belts just getting, man, higher and higher level. You see juvenile divisions you know the blue belts that's a division that actually i enjoy watching because it's insane you know yeah. what those kids have been able to do you know so um we'll see how this is going to be like jiu-jitsu in 10 years and what do you think about how jiu-jitsu is going to be in 10 years competitively what do you think <sighs> or even I, the market or even the market you know of like have you stopped to think about it I am going to get crucified for saying this, telling you, telling you the truth about my feelings about jujitsu in ten it years. Is what it is. I know. I jujitsu in ten years is is going to be a very acrobatic sport, a very acrobatic sport that that has lost its foundation in the combat aspect of it. Like if you watch adults especially in the lower weight classes. Um, you don't see it as much in the higher weight classes because of the ability to move uh, or the agility. There's, of course, there's some people that are super the, agile. Like, they're the free oh yeah. um, But it, it's like, it's the, the movements that, that's being done. And it's from, from, a, from a sport aspect, you'll see that, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot about points. And a lot about holding and things like that. And submissions are, 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 are fewer and fewer far between. 
and a good takedown is a few fewer and fewer and far between that's why i love watching masters the masters division is just like what jujitsu is all about you know a good a good a good battle on the feet a good positional work on the ground you know and then once you get to the position you're going for the submission you know it's like that is that i think is getting is get unfortunately is is getting lost you know there's definitely still some standouts out there that you know that that will have that mentality but you know that's being able to perform at such a high level it's it's, it's becoming harder and harder you know um that, that like i said i'm gonna get crucified for this <laughs> no nah, that's just you know each one got their own opinion and it's all good and one of the things too that as jiu-jitsu is evolving and people creating new things i feel that the same way the organizations whatever rules they they use uh, let's say ibjjf which is the main one i don't know i think it seems like they're doing whatever they can to kind of catch up with uh you know, whatever came up when 50 came around, you know, now we have to adjust, you know, the, the rules regarding to this and what to do, you know, and I think is this the evolution thing with the lapel, you know, right now it's more things and positions that you can be extremely aggressive, but you can always use to hold as well, understand the balance. So definitely IBJJF has a, as far as IBJJF goes, they have a tusk. A, a tough task in, in front of them, like to try to catch up with uh, how fast jujitsu is evolving, how the new positions and uh, and the strategies that people have try to find a ways to kind of like work around the rules. You know, if there's 20 seconds, people are going to hold for 18 seconds and maybe move. It, it's part of it. It's part of the game. It's yeah. like in, in football, you know, just two minutes left and people just, running the clock what the other team's gonna do they're running the clock yeah they run in the clock you know it is what it is yeah. there's a, you know there's the a yeah, yeah rules are meant to be used so let's use them exactly exactly marcelo has always says has, has always preached that you know should always learn and understand the rules because they will be in your favor if you know how to use them yes you know? absolutely yeah. So what did you say is a one high performance habit that has helped you in your life in jiu-jitsu and basically in all areas that you practice it? You do your best to practice daily. Planning. Planning is definitely one of the biggest things. And of course, you know, sometimes sometimes planning, a good plan is as good as its implementation. Yes. <laughs> so, so as long, I think as long as you plan for something and try to implement it that that's the that that's the best thing that that, that 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 i have to to work with yeah execution is everything you exactly. know it's uh always uh i see gary vaynerchuk i mentioned to him i mentioned about him here in the podcast here and there for people who don't know gary v he's a digital marketing expert he says a lot of good stuff and he always talks about this man you can have the the previous plan and all in the paper and graphics, but if you're not executing, uh, you it's going to be a frustrating ride. Let's put it this way. Oh yeah, I know, I know that for for sure. <laughs> I know that. And for sure. So, what is the best advice you've ever received? And it doesn't matter if in jujitsu, personal, professional. It was the advice. Best advice I ever received is um. 
is is through Henzo actually. And yes, it's part of jujitsu. And I actually can you can carry this through life. Um, Henzo said it to me in person. But it's also been memed out there for like all over the place. You know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. <laughs> that's that's essentially it. You know, sometimes that's that's the way it goes. But when you, I guess, I guess you know, when you're when you're the hammer, you feel great. But if you but if you're the nail, you just got to keep on going. <laughs> no, it's cool because there's a lot of things in personal development. They say too, it's easy to feel confident and great when things are going well. You know, it's. It's nice when you're in the mount and you're controlling and your 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 opponent's breathing heavy, but it's rough when it's the other way around, or maybe you're in a half guard, you know, with crushed and then just looking to the side all you know, like under hooks, you're in a horrible spot. And still find a way to be confident that okay, it sucks right now, but I will find a way to get out of here and, and maybe recover. I think this is a great analogy for life too. Like you just said, it's jujitsu. Well, yeah, it's in in all areas, which is not an easy thing to do to feel confident when things are down. It's not it's not an easy thing, and I I feel that it takes a lot of practice and self awareness. But uh, it's very true. I like that. Yeah, well, one of the things that um that 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 I came to grasp with actually my personal development is that nothing is going to be one hundred percent. You know, if and if it's eighty percent, that's that's great. You know, yeah. if, 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 if you're planning for something and it doesn't go particularly the exact way that you wanted to go, that you had envisioned in a plan, but it went good enough to the point that, you know, it, it's a good product or, or, it, or if it's a product that you would be happy to consume yourself, mm-hmm. then that's, then that's, that's good. You know, and if, 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 it's it's not it's also not to the point of you if you're happy that you that you consume uh, that you can consume yourself. It's more like you're proud to have put your name behind it. That yeah. is that is what that that even though it didn't get to the hundred percent aspect of it, you get to the 90 percent aspect, and you're still proud of what you put together. And that's 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 a that's a a job accomplished. Yeah, and have I think have this balance. You understand, I battled for the longest time with my perfectionism and I feel that a lot of entrepreneurs can struggle with that too you know and I improved so much my my mentor which is my public speaking mentor but he uh, just guided me in so many different ways in my life I remember in a, a 2013 I I was doing some speaking engagements and I mentioned to him said you know I don't want to keep traveling, doing seminars all the time. I would love to have a product so I would be able to reach more people. And I don't have to keep going to seminars and stuff like that. And I remember that I said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this course. And after that, I'm going to do it. And then he stopped me. And this, uh, my, my uh, mentor, he is now in, in 2019. He's 76 years old. And, and he told me, Gustavo, you're a perfectionist. No matter what you do, nothing's going to be ever be a 10 for you. So tell you what, why don't you just, whatever you have right now, whatever knowledge you have right now, just get the product out. And maybe in your scale, it's a seven. No problem. Maybe next year you can learn 
a 2.0 version. And they maybe that one's going to be a 7.5 or an 8 according to your scale. So with that said, for everyone who who's watching, who's listening to this and is struggling with deciding, should I go this right now? Should I wait? Men have a plan and go, not just completely whatever and do it. But I'm saying if this perfectionism, because the perfectionism, here's the thing, they do have good qualities about perfectionism, which is usually people have good work ethic. They don't accept any type of like mediocre job. You know, they want things done well. One of those things like, oh, you want to get done well, do it yourself, those type of things. So they're good things. However, the flip side is that it breeds high expectation. And then sometimes when you don't meet this, whatever expectation you have, you can end up crashing down. And I feel that I learned a lot this balance of, you know, not putting the expectations, not that I'm not trying to be negative, but uh, in jujitsu, how I learned more about my perfectionism was through jujitsu and studying mental skills training, or I go to a tournament and my expectation is to go in, score 20 and submit someone. You know, it, it would be nice, it would be off, you know, like awesome every time to do that, but <laughs> it's not a reality. And I feel that for everyone who were thinking about this, just just pull the trigger, just do it. And then eventually you just start to perfect what you already created. Right. Exactly. That's, exact, that's, that's the point that, that I've, I've learned. You know, it's like I, at one point in my life, I was a, a perfectionist, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, the, the problem with being a perfectionist is the execution. It's sometimes you you want to be, you want to be so good at something and you don't want to release something because it doesn't it doesn't meet your perfectionist expectations yeah. you're not going to release it you're not going to do it because of the fact like oh you know this this is that this is only 99 it's not 100 you're like well yeah you just you just wasted all this time and you're not going to do anything about it just because it's 99 percent. it's and 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 your 99% could be someone's 110% or, or whatever it may be. Right. So it's, so it's, it's, it's very, so I learned to let go of being a perfectionist in that aspect, because if I'm, if I continue to be a perfectionist, nothing will get done. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, nothing get done, nothing get accomplished. And, and this also goes back to what we're saying about learning, you know, it's like Absolutely. These, these things, these things that, you know, if on your scale, if you're, if it's not a hundred percent and you still release it, you, you can always go back and improve upon it. Yes. Uh, the, the mistakes that you've made or not even mistakes that you made, even the things that you don't feel that was up to your standards, you can go back and, and improve upon that aspect of that life that wasn't up to your standard. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Now, what advice would you give to your, the younger Charlie when he started that blog? Not well, let's say the blog, but let's say Jiu-Jitsu. You started that and going through all this journey right now. If you have a chance to talk with him, what advice would you give to him? The advice to 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 my younger self would be just to be able to to look for growth through the uncomfortable phase of, of the company um, and not be afraid to take those chances. You know, um, one of our, 
the one of the one of the saddest parts of personally saddest parts of the jitsu of, of the life of the jitsu is having to to let go of one of the founding members dan dan is in my mind is still a very close friend we haven't talked in a very long time because of the fallout but i you know what if dan came came to my came send me an email you know or wanted to train again or you know just wanted to be friends again have lunch i'm like man dan come on down you know come back with open arms but you know the it was it it, it became a it, it became a um a production problem because it was it was just taking too much time and we held we we had dan on for a long time because of the fact that you know we He's, he's a good friend, you know, we, we share the mats together. We train together, you know, and was one of the founding members. Right? Yeah, exactly. He was founding members, you know, and, 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 you know, I was, I, I played with his son, you know, he'd invite me over his house and it, it was really, it was a really, really, really tough decision to have to let go, let go of Dan. But, but I guess it was, had to be done. Because without without that move, without taking that risk, the jitsu wouldn't be where where it is now. Um, yeah. It, it, so now that so now this me and Sean, Sean and I are are just are just cranking things out left and right because because there's no there's no barrier for production purposes. So yeah, it's it's like I said, it's unfortunate, but. It's it's one of those painful things that you have to go through in order to grow. Yeah, I I relate. I think everyone who's maybe an entrepreneur or have done tough calls before. When it was I think it was episode sixteen? I had an interview with one of my students, actually Bobby Green. He's the one of the co-founders of the nonprofit organization Skate After School. And the name of the, the title of the podcast is Stop Being an Employee, Be an Owner. And on the final thoughts, I share about the book, Good to Great, from Jim Collins. And it's, uh, man, a great, one of my favorite business books that I've read made a big impact for me. And I share the concept on the book. And you mentioned about the, the vision of the bus. So I'm just going to repeat a few things real quick here for, for everyone listening maybe if you already listen to this might be a good review but he he talked about imagine and i'm gonna say for for the listeners just imagine your your business is a bus i don't care how the bus looks like but in front of the bus the bus there's a sign and the sign is basically where the that's where the bus is heading to so in and he mentions that in order for this bus to get to this destination three things need to happen. Number one is the right people need to be on the bus. The second one is the right people need to be sitting on the right seats because sometimes someone could be a great quarterback and you put him to be a lineman and be like, well, he's supposed to be on the bus, but not supposed to be there. And the third one, the toughest one is if the person is not aligned with the vision of the bus, he must leave the bus. And that is a rough one. However, However, that's one of the biggest growth going to happen because of those crucial conversations. And like you said, Jiu-Jitsu would not be uh, where they at because of that. And I had to make 
calls in, in, in my school with instructors or people who've been with me for a long time or started as a white belt and get to a point that maybe someone is a black belt and be like, you know what? The visions are not aligned and it's a tough call. But if you don't feel right, it's not aligned with the vision of the business, you're just going to keep dragging. You know, the bus may move, but it's not going to move in a speed that that could possibly be if everyone was aligned. So do you feel there was more an issue of that not being aligned with the vision or the bus in, in, in a way? Yes. Yes. That's definitely for sure. One of the things that, um, that, 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 that made the, the influence. Decision. Decision. Yes, yeah. exactly. Influence the decision. That's definitely huge. It's huge. Yeah. To, to have everyone moving in the same direction. That's, <laughs> that's a great thing. And, the tough part is too is that I think that I've learned along the way some of my struggles as an entrepreneur is being a leader, being um, like learning how to communicate with everyone. And sometimes in your position, you get in a in a position that I'm like, man, I'm not happy with this, but he's my friend, you know. And and you try to mix things. So I I feel that this is the the channel the the podcast 16 i think that I, that i use this analogy that going through experiences like that and especially with my academy everything else but mainly my uh, my academy i started to understand that i think before i used to try to mix everything together like i just mentioned your friend your coach your business partner or your boss you know just too many things and i started to pre-frame when i'm go go talk with people and this is my suggestion for maybe someone that is listening you're an entrepreneur maybe you're you have your own jiu-jitsu school i don't know and then you have someone that work for you but he's a really really close friend too and you're not happy with something is happening so the way that i approach nowadays is I tell them, hey, you know that I wear a lot of different hats here at the academy or I had a lot of different hats with you. I have my hat of friends. We're friends, we're just, you know, and there's the hat that, okay, I'm putting my hat of being a boss. There's nothing to do with our personal friendship. There's nothing. I have no complaints about our person. There's nothing going on with this, but I'm wearing the hat of the boss. And, you know, right now, or it could be, I'm wearing now the hat of the friend. Now I'm the hat of the coach, but just for the fact that it like preframe this way. Now, if the person still like take extremely personal and that's on them, there's so much that you can do. But my suggestion is to be able to kind of use this analogy of the hat. So right away, people don't take personal. And that's one of the things that I, probably what happened which has happened with me as i mentioned with you and and then it's just everything just got wrapped up you know business personal and and didn't have the clarity at that point to separate one or the other and then how can you do this da, 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 da. you know so that's a that's a tough situation but um i bet that you grow you grew a lot from it and hopefully he can reevaluate what happened and where is the growth for him. Right. You know, take full responsibility, which is not easy. We have uh, episodes talking about this, about extreme ownership to really own what happened because at the beginning, it might be a lot of like finger pointing, no, no, that was this, that was that, until we 
take full responsibility. So who knows? I don't know the story, but hopefully one day you guys can talk with a different hat. You know what I mean? Like, hey, remember that friend hat? There's nothing to do with the business, you know, uh, and you guys can uh, hang out together. Who knows? Yeah, that's definitely the hardest part when running a business with with a friend. Even even they even say is like, don't don't uh, don't get into business with your with your family. It's the same, the same exact, yeah. it's the same exact, pretty much the same exact analogy with the personal aspect of it. The it, it gets it gets very very tricky to navigate those waters. For sure. Do you like reading? Do you have the habit of reading or audiobooks or videos? I do. I do audiobooks more mm -hmm. so because it's uh, me too. Time is yeah. limited. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Limited. So, what is a book that you would recommend and why? A book that made an impact on you in different moment of your life. What do you think? The Art of Learning was was a good one for me. Um, the 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 best one from a personal development standpoint, from a, like we're talking about um, letting go of perfectionism is the art of happiness by um, the Dalai Lama. It's, it's a old, it's a relatively old book, but that, that has, that has balanced my life um, very much regarding, re regarding that, re regarding letting go of things, letting go of grudges, letting go of perfectionism, you know, the, the art of happiness by Dalai Lama. Um, and the other, the other one I'm reading right now is a millionaire, the millionaire's mindset mm. that that one, that one is a, I read this a, a long time ago. Yeah. What's the name of the T Harv Eckert? Yes. Yes. That's him. Yeah. Millionaire mindset. Very well known guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, that, that book is a little, is, is, is about, but besides, you know, besides personal finance, it's, it's more about have, having to think like, 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 um, like quote unquote a millionaire and being able to let go of things that are holding you back. Mm -hmm. That's, that's definitely a hard one to, 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 to get, to get over because, you know, you grow up thinking of a certain way, you believing a certain way. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, maybe the way that you were thinking you grew mm -hmm. up, grew up is not the best way to, for you, because look at the situation in right now, you know, and it's like, wow, that's, that's one of the hardest ones to actually swallow or even, even, even follow through with. So. Yes. I mean, it's definitely a strong, humbling pill, you know, that you need to uh, uh, check literally our egos, you know, yeah. letting things go. So, and this is a process, this is a literally a daily uh, battle to everyone. No one has a free pass. You know, we right. all have negative patterns, negative thoughts. We just we learn how to control them. And exactly. for people who are listening to the podcast, uh, first of all, congratulations for taking the time to listen to positive information, growth information, you know, because we do have so many, of course, sometimes you can watch some stuff here and there, you know, to, to laugh and some nonsense stuff that you can sometimes watch in, online. But man, spending more time with a, uh, actually a content that you can learn from it. It's a podcast, it's an audio, it's a YouTube. There's so many things to learn from and so many distractions. So congratulations to you who, who is actually listening and putting the time, investing your time, because I always mention investing yourself. You don't have to say, man, I don't have any money. Like, no, 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 There's, it's not about investing money. If you can, even better, 
but there is so much free information online. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. You know, so the tough part is the discipline, like I said, you know, just be able to do consistently. And it's part of the journey, though. Yeah, you know, what I, I tell I, I tell people this is I guess, you know, yes, right now you, don't, you currently don't have the money to do something. But the most valuable thing in life, the big, the biggest learning tool is, you know, in life is, is your mind is be to able to, to, to use your mind to, to figure out something, a problem. Like in, in that instance here right now, the jitsu, you know, in the, in the section of the, the jitsu, the biggest problem was money. So, okay. How did, how, what did, or the lack of money, um, what did we have to do? We had, well, we had to, you know, okay, we don't have necessarily have the right equipment. Okay, maybe we can build a right something, you know, use our mind to build something that can mimic the right equipment, like lighting. One of the, one of the things that with um, Admar Barbosa's, um, Admar Barbosa's uh, instruction, that was our first instruction, we had no money whatsoever. You know, like I said, we, we only pulled together a couple thousand dollars just to do it, and we most most of the money went to Admar to, 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 um, to film. Um, and it wasn't a lot. Uh, but you know, it's like, how do we get Admar? How, how do we get Admar? It was like, okay, we got Admar on, um, on, on an upfront amount and then a back-end royalties, you know, you, you get paid perpetually until, until, until it's said pretty much, uh, I go, I go to Abmar, you're going to be paid from this instructional until you die pretty much, you know, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, um, uh, you know, if, if there's a penny to be made from this instructional Abmar, you will be, you will be paid from it. I guarantee it. So, you know, so, so Abmar agreed to it. And then, you know, the equipment, you know, we, we needed lights. We, it's like, okay, how do, how do, how do we get around not having enough money to buy these great lights it's like okay we can go to home depot and get a couple of lights okay but the light is too harsh you know with, with those home depot lights it's like how how can we do that it's okay let, let's build this like little what we did was we, we built we built the stand and um and put a put a cloth in front of on the stand and then put the light behind the stand so it dampened the light so it's not so harsh to, to the right. eye you know it's like it's like being able to to use your mind your, your mind is your is, is the tool is, is the is your is your biggest asset in order to figure things out you know um yeah yeah and <sighs> it comes yeah it comes back to continuous learning you know yeah. what it gives you consistently doing figuring stuff out being creative, some stuff works, some don't. It's just having a perception that is another opportunity for growth. Even you know, I guarantee you that maybe you had you're launching a, a new program, a new DVD or on demand that you really thought you was gonna take off, and you're like, oh man, that did not go as planned at all. I guarantee that some you learned something from that experience. You know what I mean? Yeah and yeah. hopefully fix and did something better. So it's not so much of thinking so much about the good, the bad. It's just the perception that we have that whatever it's happening, we're just learning and taking the opportunity to, uh, to grow, you know, and, and you're in a tough business because, man, I remember when DVDs were super popular all over the place and now suddenly, boom, changed the market. And, People copying and all, which is basically the first, that's the biggest enemy that you guys have, you know, uh, for people bootlegging stuff. That's, that's a, a challenge as it is. So I know that the, 
when DVDs start to cool, kind of go down. Um, I think a lot of people making copies of stuff. So it was, um, it's, it's definitely you guys in a rough business and just figured out ways to minimize the damage because you're not going to end that, but it can get in, in one ways delivering a great product. That's, uh, I think that's the number one. Yeah, yeah. The the piracy aspect of of, uh, of of the business is definitely one one of the more challenging ones, you know. And I, because I you guys Budo, don't have control, that's what makes it so challenging. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I, I think Budo Jake. I actually had a conversation just about this actual actual topic uh, with Budo Jake, and and Budo Jake actually has has a, has a great mind. As, and he goes, "Look, Charlie, you know, you and I, we aren't competitors." And I go, what, what do you mean? Because even though we are in the same market, you know, we're not necessarily competitors. You know, I don't see you as a competitor. The competitor that I, that I, that is really, that I really look at are those pirates, are the, are the mm-hmm. ones who pirate the DVDs. Because yeah. those are the real competitors. Those are the ones who are actually taking money away from from the product, you know, of, of taking money away from, from the athletes, taking money away from the company, you know, the piracy aspect of it, it's like, well, well, it's like, if, if the piracy continues, it's like, how can we, how can we sustain the business of, of doing instructionals because of that aspect? So it's like, those are the, those are the biggest ones who are really hurting. And those I be, and those people is, I view as competitors and that, that's why, and, and Budo Jake had, had a great, that, that a great explanation on it. So yeah, good. I actually, I did talk with him uh, before mm-hmm. about it and yeah, it's definitely a, a tough one. Now, what are you currently excited about? What's going on with the jujitsu? We're just recording this. The, actually it's the first episode recording in 2019. So what do you guys have planned for this year? Oh, we're we're in the midst of um of 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 filming season right now. We we, we film on a seasonal basis so that we can have time to dedicate nice. to really put out a good product rather than having to just film it and go, you know, and film and film it and edit, film that it. it's like no, we we create a bank of we uh, create a bank of um of instructionals so that we can edit on a in a timely manner so that it's it's edited well and also you know it doesn't it, it allows us to concentrate on a marketing aspect of it and trying to really promote it instead of having to promote like four things at one time we can promote one thing at one at, at a time so that we can really put get ourselves our minds behind that particular that particular project um 2019 you know 2019 what's really exciting about 2019 is actually this um the 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 proliferation of no gi. Back in back when we first started doing these uh, the DVDs, uh, it was all about the gi, all about mm-hmm. the gi. No one bought no gi. You know, everyone's products and no gi were, were did not sell or even like sold half of what the gi was. You know, like man, it's like we 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 produced uh, we produced Lucas Lepre, um gi passing. And then we did like a like a like a master series of Lucas Lepre doing nogi and Lucas Lepre's nogi is <laughs> come on, <laughs> yeah. and and it didn't sell as well, you know. And it, it was just and and then it was like we evaluated. It's like what was going on. We 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 produced a couple of nogis and then we talked to talked to Budo Jake and he's like, yeah, nogi just does not sell very well. So we so we really focused on the gi. 
2019, we've got a lot of Nogi titles coming out. So we have a lot of Nogi, um, Nogi titles in scheduled to be filmed or titles that are really suited for both Nogi and Gi Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. You know, not something, something, yeah, no like lapel guard type, like really yeah. dependent on the gi, something like that, like that you can use for both. So I'm really excited about that, that the, the explosion of, of no gi has, has been something that, 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 that that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear. Now we're getting close to the end of the interview. So for the listeners, remember, just stick around for my final thoughts. That's when I, basically just reevaluate the interview and then I think about my main takeaway doesn't mean that that is is the takeaway of the interview but I share mine I always mention hopefully people are able to grab at least one takeaway that they can implement in their their lives in their their businesses so I usually I research more to provide as much good information as I can so uh Final message that you'd like to leave to the listeners, plus how they can know more about jiu-jitsu so we can plug anything you want. Okay. Um, final things that I want to talk about. Um, like, like I said, a, a, a lot of this, a lot of this uh, podcast has really been focused on learning and, and, and failure and perfectionism. I want to just like, I guess my, my final thoughts is like getting out of the comfort zone. You know, learning does not, happen if you don't get out of the comfort zone and yeah, yeah and, and people stay in the comfort zone way too much and therefore they don't fail because they're afraid to fail so if you get out of the comfort zone and you fail that's great that is that in, in my aspect of it in life is that's great because of the fact that you know you failed that's a learning that's a that's a learning opportunity mm -hmm. learning i think is is more valuable to experience in life and, and learning is more valuable than i and than money to, to me okay than actual the actual physical money it's actually the learning and experience in life is, is more important so failure um letting go of perfectionism and getting out of the comfort zone are the three main big things that 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 I would say would sum up this uh, this mm -hmm. podcast today. Um, as for reaching me, you know, Digitsu, D-I-G-I-T-S-U um, uh, dot com. Digitsu.com is, is the website. You can reach me through Facebook. Um, it's uh, Facebook uh, Digitsu online, um, Instagram, all the, all, all the various social media aspects of it. All easy to find. Exactly. Super easy to find us. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Charlie. I really appreciate it. And for all the listeners, stick around for my final thoughts. Who's? Uh, thank you, Gustavo. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Charlie Liu. For those who are listening just to the final thoughts, Charlie is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he's the co-founder of Dijitsu a multi-platform video instructional company that serves the jiu-jitsu community. Jiu-jitsu was started 12 years ago as a simple WordPress blog and has grown into one of the top jiu-jitsu instructional companies in the world with over 500,000 in sales in 2017 as a side hustle. Charlie shared about his struggles with time management, perfectionism, and the importance of continuous learning, 
which inspired the title of the podcast, Sometimes You're the Hammer, Sometimes You're the Nail, which was the piece of advice he received from Hansel Gracie. In jiu-jitsu, business, and life, the saying is very true, and this was my takeaway from the interview. My takeaway because since the main concept Charlie shared was continuous learning, and especially on the nail days, that is when we learn even more. Think about a session that you were completely smashed in every round. That, my friend, is an example of a nail day with your training partners being the hammer. However, depending on your perception, this is a great opportunity for growth to learn and or continue learning from your struggles to help you to become the hammer in future situations. It's all about your mindset. I'm not sure if you have ever competed in jiu-jitsu or not, but one thing I can tell you, every time you were the nail and you lost the match, there was a huge opportunity to learn from this loss. Did you take advantage of this opportunity and improved on something because of this experience? Or maybe you blamed the referee and other circumstances and didn't grow from it. Again, it's all about your mindset. On episode 24, titled Developing Your Growth Mindset with the nonprofit organization Higher Grounds founder, Jensen Azarius, he said that they literally ingrained three concepts into the kids daily. Number one, self-control. Number two, resilience or grit. And the third one, growth mindset. During my final thoughts, I expanded on the topic of growth mindset, which is the crucial mindset to learn from situations that you are the nail. I mentioned how I listened to the audiobook called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Dr. Carol Dweck. In decades of research on achievement and success, she wondered why some people avoid challenge and or crumble when faced with difficulties while others thrive and achieve their highest potential. Through the years, she developed the concept that there are two types of mindsets, fixed mindset and growth mindset. Essentially, Dr. Dweck states that people with a fixed mindset believe that basic qualities like intelligence and talents are fixed traits and that these traits are responsible for success. On the other hand, there is the growth mindset in which people believe that new abilities can be developed through practice. This view creates the love for learning and improving. So I highly recommend you listen to the interview of the episode 24 and or just listen to the final thoughts. Do you remember when was the last time life threw a curveball at you that made you feel like the nail? Hopefully it was a long time ago and you're able to work through it, learn from the experience, release from the resentment, look back and say, it hurt, but it was a blessing. Very often when you're in the nail, this can be a catalyst to prepare you to another level, an amazing opportunity for growth that can be life-changing and shape your destiny. I understand that almost 95% of the audience are males. However, I would like you to think about this scenario. Imagine you are a 32-year-old mother of two kids, four and eight years old, work as a secretary, never finish high school because you had to drop out of school when you're younger to help financially at home. And the tough part, who is physically and emotionally abused by her husband. Would you agree that this person is being the nail? Is there any opportunity to learn from this experience? You bet, depending on your mindset. 
This is the story of my mother, which I shared during the final thoughts of the episode 11 titled Age is Just a Number with 65-year-old Black Belt Joe Castillo. Unfortunately, my father was extremely irresponsible with the habits of drinking, cheating, and partying without any ambitions in life. With that said, would you stay in this situation being afraid that you won't be able to make it by yourself? Or would you choose self-respect? Remember when I asked you about a moment in your life that you were the nail? I bet that it took a lot of courage to make the right decision to choose growth and move on. Remember the motivational speaker Tony Robbins quote? Quote, it's in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped, unquote. Reflect on where you're at right now because of the choice that you made back then. People that you have met, places you went to, all because of one decision. One day, my mother made a decision that shaped her destiny and mine. After being hit by my drunk dad, she grabbed us, went to the police station, and made a decision to get a divorce and raise us by herself, with or without his help. She chose self-respect, and it took a lot of courage from her part. When she decided to leave the house, we didn't have anywhere to go since we were living in Sao Paulo and all of our family was in Rio de Janeiro. My mother then sent us to stay with my grandparents for six months until she could raise enough money to rent an apartment and start her life back up in Rio. At age 37, with no child support, she decided to start the process of getting her GED. And three years later, she enrolled in college, finished her four-year business degree, followed by grad school for two more years, graduating and landing her dream position which was being a teacher at the University PUC in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, at the age of 45, 28 years after she dropped out of high school to help the family who was in financial need. By the way, the teacher position was her second job because her main job was Shell Oil. She worked for the company for 30 years. She kept both jobs for five years, and when she turned 50, she retired from Shell Oil and started teaching full-time. At age 57, she decided that she wanted her master's degree. At 67, she became a certified life coach. And currently, in 2019, my mom, Sylvia Cecilia, is 72 years old, happily married for 24 years, and she is the business school head director of a Catholic college. Look what that nail did to her life. She told me, quote, As much as it hurt when it happened, it was a blessing in my life and yours because you didn't have to experience a lot of the madness and nonsense that you could have been exposed to, unquote. Who is someone you know that inspires you? Someone who overcame a rough period, they were consistently in denial, and they used the growth mindset to learn from this struggle, and they capitalized on the opportunity to take their lives to another level. For sure, my mother is my inspiration. She continues to inspire me daily, being the hammer or the nail. My suggestion to you is to reflect on a situation in where you find or found yourself being the nail. Take the opportunity to use this experience as a catalyst for you to keep learning, growing from life events, and hopefully taking your life to an even higher level, saying to yourself, it hurt, but it was a blessing in my life. Oh, We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com.
Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.